This is a Rooster Teeth production. In 2007, several families were haunted by a mysterious restricted number that hounded them with threatening voicemails and ominous text messages. To make matters more unsettling, the number making these calls was traced back to one of the phone numbers of the victims themselves. Today, we discuss the disturbing case of the so-called restricted stalker. This is Red Web. And that is the sound of October. It is upon us. Fredo, we're going to use that in the episode. <laughs> Caught him. Caught him red-handed Damn. testing that microphone. I was testing the mic and I was just in my own zone. I am Trevor Collins and that is Alfredo Diaz with the beautiful bass voice. Fredo, this episode I'm super psyched about because it is very eerie, it is very mysterious, very creepy, which is perfect for this month of October. Get all the uh, the spookies out, get all the ghosts out, you know, get the, we might, uh, maybe some more cryptids. I don't know. I don't know what's on the yeah. docket for this month, Look, but it's man, just, it's we a, got a whole buffet lined up. There okay? it is. I, do There's I know what's lined up? <laughs> Hell no, I don't know what's lined up. But you two gentlemen, all right, I'm just thinking there's a whole buffet line, you know, instead of that little uh-huh. rectangular cork board, you know what I mean? We got a whole room lined with cork, all right? Strings Ooh. everywhere. Kind of like you a know? padded cell, but there's it's cork. Whole, the whole thing. Listen, I was struggling for a metaphor while I looked you in the eyes, and you, <laughs> you picked it up and served it on a buffet platter, and I like that. So uh, without even knowing yes. the year that this took place... Well, um, he wasn't listening in the hook, I guess. <laughs> Wait, I was about to say, was it in the hook? It was the first thing he <laughs> said. the first thing in the 19... The words he <laughs> Snap. Two takes. Snap. There was two takes. Hold on. And was it in 19... <laughs> Oh, wait, 18 and 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those telephones and text messages yeah. and 18 anything. Yeah, yeah. And 1597. Yeah. So was it like... 20? It was 2007, 2007 is what we're talking about. We're talking okay. probably high school for the both of us, you know. Okay. Yeah, it went 2007. It's like when I graduated high school. Are you, are you class of 07? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is kind of like helping realize my ultimate fear that things like ghouls, and ghosts would, I mean, in due time, catch up with technology. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, you can't expect just like them the to just girl. be, yeah, right? It was that VHS? Well, she started on VHS, and then in oh, the no, remake, the which they just called... Is it MP3? I think they, I think they just called it The iPad Ring. Nano. It got digitized and mm, put on YouTube and iPhone. stuff. Now she's like possessing the entire yeah. internet. TikTok if, channel. You're just giving buzzwords, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not about it. <laughs> That's a TikTok channel. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I agree with you completely. I mean, regardless of your level of supernatural beliefs, it only stands to reason that as the world gets more technologically advanced, that these specters, these these ghouls, as you said, uh, (laughs) would make their way onto these new frontiers, right? Just just like us, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash red web pod just a nice mm-hmm, little plug there mm-hmm. but then in the future you know we might have a tiktok channel or whatever you call it, profile Damn. account yeah that's the future yeah statement uh words <laughs> <laughs> synergy but yeah so i mean it's it, it's interesting i and don't i don't like that i just don't like that at all why not i don't know man like you don't like them keeping up with the times you like them staying in their victorian outfits hanging out on the staircase yeah. waiting for people like Yes, in the far future, we got empty haunted houses and, right. and lonely ghosts. So now it's going to be like haunted inboxes and stuff like right. that. And I don't like that. I like knowing that if I look at a house, I go, damn, that's an old ass house. I ain't going in there. You, you don't want to look saying? at a phone and be like, dang, that's iOS 13. Yeah. <laughs> I don't serious. know what's on that. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> that's too real. It's too up to date. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, not There's, a fan of it. Man, isn't it, it, it's like, where does it end? You know? Or does it ever? It doesn't, because then what? You're going through my phone, my computer, maybe my hot gaming setup, 
jump between Ooh. both my monitors. Yeah, you don't want a haunted mouse when you're in there trying to play you some really ranked don't, siege. You, you, you lose my global elite rank, CS. All right, and I'm then what happens? After you, then I'm gonna call the Ghostbusters. Dude, what happens then when we have like bionic advancements, and then those get oh, online? then you're like essentially being hacked, right? But by some old angry white spirit, <laughs> <laughs> vengeful. <laughs> yeah, hell of <laughs> to teach you. <laughs> anyway, we are way off track, but this is a really interesting case um, because of some of the nuances, and I kind of outlined it a little bit vaguely in the hook. Anyway, we'll get into it. But 2007, 2007. But depending on how you guys like this episode, Task Force, there are some other kind of smaller topics like this of people honestly being haunted by modern technology and there being no real answer. There are several cases that come to mind like this. So again, if, if this is a, a topic that interests you, there are some that take place in emails and Facebook pages and stuff. Let us know because I've been wanting to uh, to dive in there. What was you're making a weird face? You're like on one hand it looks like you're praying, and on the other hand it looks like you're begging. Uh, yeah, I'm praying and begging because, because we're talking. I, I it just it just connected in my mind. Mm. We're talking about technology being haunted, and then you're telling me that there's a whole bunch of different cases out there. Mm -hmm. I got a Roomba at home that just kicks on whenever it wants. Yeah. And it just starts going to like a specific location. What's that max speed on that thing? At some point, it like busts its own limits open and starts running at you 20 miles an hour. Take your toes I out. Kick the hell out of it. <laughs> stomp <laughs> on it. Stomp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't no chairs or some <laughs> knives. That's a, it's like a half a foot Roomba. I'm just thinking now of that meme where, you know, they say it's a common meme where it's a very futuristic cityscape and it says the world, if blank hadn't existed right i feel like that immediately applies the world if technology hadn't got possessed by ghosts is that yeah. beautiful futuristic city but alas technology apparently is occasionally haunted we'll see what happens you know they they said it in engines right you you got a what do they call it uh, a like a gremlin in the in the engine or something like if if you for some reason glitch in the system yeah if your engine won't turn over or whatever blue pill red pill you know it what is, like there's a ghost in it, right? What, yeah, are, they, what are they called? It's not that? just ghosts in the machine, right? Is ghosts it, in the show. Is it something else? <laughs> you gotta. Oh, <laughs> what? Dang. What? <laughs> He's like, what, bud? Okay. Without further ado, I want to dive into this. You look up that phrase because it's going to itch the back of my brain. But thank you, Christian. Um, Christian, for those of you who don't know, I do want to introduce you, Christian, is our kind of producer researcher uh, of Red Web. Periodically, you'll hear his sultry voice. And yeah, actually, you'll always hear his voice because he's the one who introduces us as a Rooster Teeth production every episode. Oh, God, I forgot about that. That is me, isn't it? <laughs> um, this is a Rooster okay. Teeth production. Diving in. We okay. are in February of 2007. Young Fredo, strapped to the nines. He's got his suspenders on and his loafers, ready to graduate high school. Wait, what? <laughs> 1850 I he was living I'm it. going he was back it. I went, no, no, that didn't happen but then a turn for the worse a mysterious couple of messages comes through so we have Courtney Kirkendall a young 16 year old girl lots of friends but suddenly on this uh, around this time period a bunch of her friends get a simple text message from Courtney supposedly that just say the word gay that's all it says and it, it just offers a lot of confusion that night and courtney was shocked by that having gone down because she was saying hey no i i never sent those texts and it's weird that you are getting these texts from what seems to be my number soon after this initial text was sent out to all of her friends her and her family started to receive countless calls from someone who they could only identify as restricted so, you know, like when you look at a caller ID, yeah. if it's a blocked number or a restricted number, it will say as such. So either this is a person who is hiding their number. I think it's star 67 or 60, star, what is it? Star 69? I think it was star 69. Yeah. So you're either blocking your number with that or some sort of hardware. But but all they know is they're, they're suddenly now inundated with these calls and text messages from restricted. 
Star 69 was what you would hit to return the last call, like uh-huh. call the previous number. Star 67 was the blocking number. Ah. You just satisfied probably a decade and a half of confusion in my mind because I never knew which it was. And everyone would look at me and go, duh, idiot, it's this one. And I could never remember which of the ones yeah. they said. Apparently it's both. One for outgoing, one for incoming. Interesting. Yeah. So this this person who we will henceforth call restricted or right. restricted caller they called all day and all night and at first it just seemed like it was a harmless prank that this and, was just somebody kind of goofing off or whatever a real damn annoying prank very I mean, annoying gotta be annoying very dedicated calling at all hours every member of the family got calls from restricted and they even received these calls on their landline phone so not only is it hitting all their cell phones it's now hitting their house phone so Someone knows their numbers, right? Some It must be someone who knows them. But it only gets stranger from here. The phones weren't going off at the same time, were they? I don't believe so, Christian. No, probably they? not. Yeah. No, they were just, all that individual calls just said, right? Yeah, that would have been yeah, yeah. damn wild. That would have been spooky that if suddenly like, like, brrr, like the all the phones hell? in the house. Oh my God, that's giving me chills, actually. Ultimately, kind of looking back, it's unknown how many calls were made in total, but they said they received these odd calls every day. For four months. Oh, yeah. Not four days. I was hoping four days. Yeah. Oh my four gosh. Months. Eventually, the restricted caller began to threaten Courtney and her family because whoever this person was, obviously, they weren't just sending like fluffy messages and calling and hanging up or whatever. They were actually leaving messages. And for the sake of the nature of these messages, we're going to omit some of the more graphic ones and trigger warning for some of the violence mentioned in these messages, but they would they would reference things like killing the family, killing the pets, slitting their throats, and even going as far as to threaten to shoot up the schools that the children of the family went to. Often these calls would come in with a very low, raspy voice and say things like, quote, I know where you are. I know where you live. I'm going to kill you. So there's one like key thing there that makes me think that this isn't like a like a ghost type situation. Mm-hmm. And it's the shooting up the school portion. Right. Like, what is a spectral entity just going to grab an Uzi? And go oh, yeah. We're, like, we're very quickly out of the supernatural. Like, this yeah, has this, to be a deranged individual. This seems like right? a, yeah, yeah, exactly. This seems like just a damn straight crazy person. Yeah. Um, not like... I just don't think I've ever heard a ghost going, all right, I'm going to shoot up the school. Right. It, normally, it's, it's like... Weird. If you hear the one of those, like, ghost boxes or speak boxes or whatever, right. it's like, get out or mm-hmm. they'll just say kill or something. They might right. hint at it, you know, again, a, right, yeah. in that kind of realm, but they won't full be so straight up. conversation. Right. I mean, also, if you're getting a, a full sentence from the other side, like, you yeah. might have something on your hands. The thing, the thing is, Or like, you're John Edwards. Obviously, you... <laughs> you never want to be in the situation. The only... It's not even, like, a positive, but the only thing is just, like... At least it's escalated to the point where you can take it to the police, mm-hmm. the authorities, and they'll take it seriously. You take would it hope, to the yeah. you'd oh, God, I'd hope so. If not, take it to the school, school board, let the parents know right. that this is happening. You know, bring evidence of, of, or what have you, and so then that way the whole school faculty and the parents can you know have kind of like a riot. Yeah, I mean, again, your gut instincts, love it, right on the money. I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but eventually they do bring this predicament to the attention of the police. And I'm glad they did, because if you're getting messages like this, do not treat them flippantly. No. Even if they do end up being what would be considered a very bad prank, but if they do end up being a prank, it's worth kind of going through it just in case they aren't. But ultimately, it, it only gets stranger from here, because they did things like turning off their phones, changing their numbers, switching cell phone providers, and... None of that stopped the restricted caller from getting to them, which means to me that someone is on the inside or somehow this individual or this group is is able to capture this very private information. Someone's either making it available to them or I don't know, right? Yeah, you'd think that it'd be someone that has access to that information, Mm -hmm. like your phone provider. Yeah. Well, I guess what makes that even stranger is... You think turning off your phone, whatever, like even nowadays, we're kind of all kind of aware that your phone doesn't ever really turn off. That if there's any emergency services or tracking going on, it can happen even while it's supposed to be off. 
But what was making it weird here in the year of 2007, right? The family claimed that when they would turn off their phones to stop the calling, that whoever this restricted caller was managed to turn their phones on in order to continue calling them. That is unreal. Yeah. How it's almost you, unbelievable in a way. So I almost want to pin you, that in the back of my head. Right? Like, like, how do you gain access to someone's phone and then on top of that have the ability to flip it on? Yeah. It's like, very strange. You Tim Cook? Like... <laughs> Steve Jobs? Yeah, I mean, there's Steve Jobs. Like, how do you have that kind of... I mean, I assume that that's something that the government can do or the, you know, the companies that manufacture these products... But it ain't a widespread no. thing. Even but now, you, even, it's even not a very widespread thing. Even then, you'd have to thing. think that'd be a very select group of people. Right. Oh, man. It's just so... It's so out there to think that, like, someone has this technology or built something that gives them the ability to do so. Like, now you're getting into the... This is weird because it's very much just like, why would a ghost talk about physically like grabbing a physical device and using that and then on top of that there's this supernatural aspect to it where it takes it back from being oh it's a crazy person to all right how is how is that even possible yeah i don't know in the theory section we will kind of attempt to address that a little bit more specifically but you're not wrong again to kind of unveil some of that information ahead of time it's kind of not possible at that time. If and if it was, it was very difficult at that time. It's not, it's certainly, I guess all it is to say is it's certainly not a widespread capability, which raises a lot of flags. And what's more is the family, when talking about this, they were saying that they received voicemails that not only were from the caller, but included recordings of the family themselves. And even further than that, they received a voicemail with the recording of the family talking about turning their phones off. So somehow, whoever what? this person is, is able to hear their private conversations, phone on, phone off, whatever, and is playing it back to them almost as to say, I know what your game plan is. I know you're trying to turn them off. I can turn them back on. It doesn't matter. I hear you. You know, they went to the police, and I believe at some point they even received a voicemail with the recording from that visitation to the police. So again, whoever is behind these calls has a very spooky ability, a deeply unsettling ability to manipulate the hardware that they're using on their phones. So the police obviously are very confused as to what's going on, why and how. And, um, and that doesn't really set them up for great success here because ultimately they believe that this is just a cruel prank. God, you can't like... I don't know. You can't just throw that aside. Right. Think it's a prank like that. Even then, like, what a massive invasion of privacy. Absolutely. And then on top of that, it's almost like a damn super villain, right? Like, it's no wild, one should man. have that ability to turn on and off your phone. I mean, mm -hmm. what else can they do? Exactly. Like, what what other things do they have? It's planned? like it's like root access to yeah. the PC. If they can do that, they can do anything. And again. I know I keep saying this, but we're spiraling down the rabbit hole at this point. And when the police looked into this, they were able to kind of trace this call back. And eventually they traced it back to Courtney's phone number. And this continued to happen even after the family switched their numbers that it was tracing back to her number. And so the police kind of said, all right, well, let's look at this pragmatically. It's going back to her number. She's the one that would know about the, the number changes and the family members and all of that. So we, the police, think that this is just a cruel prank and that Courtney is refusing to fess up. But it, again, as the as this story continues to unfold, they took, uh, I should say, the parents took their daughter's phone. They took Courtney's phone away from her, turned it off, put it away, and they still continued to receive awful phone calls and texts. So despite her and no one else having access to this phone, these things were still coming through. So now it just seems like, is someone working through her phone? Is someone spoofing their number? It just becomes more and more of a mind blow. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think of someone spoofing the number, but then also on top of that, taking the phone, uh, even in 2007, I would think, you could still access and do some of these um, cellular tasks through a computer. That's true. It doesn't necessarily have to be through a phone. It's very true. So the whole, the whole, just like, oh, we took her 
I mean, you'd almost have to like lock the person up for a couple of, you know what I mean? I, hell, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, it just give me a room with food and TV for like three <laughs> days and see if it pops up and like tell me that it's like me at that point. Right? Tony Stark managed to build a cell phone <laughs> with a banana and a television. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that that that's a great point. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. I know I keep saying that, but um, it's just your gut instinct. So good. But like, yeah, I mean, if if it's Courtney, if she's doing this through a computer, yeah, uh, it it is worth. I mean, and I I would think that Courtney would agree that it is worth sequestering her away, yeah. in order to prove innocence uh, or at least non culpability that your phone is being used by someone other than yourself or at least your number. I don't believe that they went that far. I, I you know I think they just took the phone and the calls continued. Um, so yeah, I mean. The family keeps going on. They they receive some voicemails with private family conversations in the house. Again, they had that police call, uh, that, that that police conversation, phone back to them. So at this point, they're putting out a financial reward to whoever can help with this and who can ever help solve this. And more than that, they installed, thankfully, you got to have this, a security system in their home in order to kind of keep eyes. I, yeah. Did they include cameras in that security system? I do not know, actually. While you check on that, I do want to say, you know, they, they, regardless, they had the security system, which is a great idea. They changed the locks of the place. But while that was all going on, they received messages from Restricted saying that they knew the code. Despite you updating your security system and putting a new lock in place, I know what that code is. And when Courtney's mother, Heather, replaced the locks on the doors, Restricted once again called the family to talk about that. So they knew every step of the way, what was changing, what was going on. This is so weird. It's very weird. Because it's just like, it sounds like a crazy person, but then there's certain things, it's like, how would they have that ability? You know what I mean? It's almost impossible that they have that ability to do certain things, like turning the phone back on. Mm-hmm. But then like, if it's a ghost, like, my God, it's terrifying, <laughs> right? Like, so angry. So up to date with technology, like <laughs> I don't even. How do you even attack that? Yeah. Also, I, I personally don't think that this is a specter of any kind. I think they are being haunted, but by a individual, like a, a human being, yeah. for sure. I mean, if I were them, I would try and see if I could. I don't even know if it exists, but some type of box that can isolate sound, and then, I mean, granted, they know the person restricted knows everything that's happening. I would put those phones out. Sound? Yeah, put all the phones in a box. What and I put would them do, outside. Yeah, you get a Faraday cage. What what that is is very quickly uh, some copper wiring, uh, mesh in mm-hmm. a box shape, block signals would prevent anybody from being able to hear in. But also your phone would just lose signal in that way. But yeah, it's a way to you know go into a silent room. So then at that point you could figure out okay, is there a microphone in the house or are they listening through the cellular device? Yeah. You could at least figure that out. And then you could throw out just a very specific question or conversation about this person to see if they key in on it. And then you say, hey, if they feed this back to us, it ain't the phones. They do. There's microphones in the house. Yep. But you, I think that's a really good point. Like, how else can you try to, you know, to figure see, this just out? You know? really make sure it's isolated to, yeah. especially if you don't have cameras in the house already mm-hmm. or like webcam, like unplug the webcams. Because at that point, there's just no power to them. Can I just say, webcams today, I've been, I don't know if it's because of us doing this podcast and Google being creepy and following our information, but like on YouTube, I've had videos recommended to me that are like talking about how small cameras can be. And there are people that go into houses and they they basically bug the place and they have regular oh. people come through to see if they can God. find them. And then they have obviously professionals come through to see if they can yeah. find them. And they just, they go through all these tactics, whether it's a hotel room or a house, and they show just how small these spy pieces of tech can be and it's like oh it's so deeply unsettling now that i'm like i don't know if i ever want to get a hotel or an airbnb again but like obviously this is 07 but what's so unsettling about this is that it's something that could still happen now and almost at a more sophisticated level oh yeah in a way that's just like i don't know man that's that's a really pragmatic fear of mine a tesla you know what i mean driving around your tesla then someone's hacked you at that point right then that's control of a on a, like just a vehicle that you're in, and then I mean, there's the calls and the GPS can send you somewhere you're not supposed to be going. And Suddenly, someone just remote takes access <sighs> of your car. That's all yeah, sucks. 
I don't like to think about it. I like I like technology I like advancing. The, I don't like the spy cam I don't like to stuff. think about that. I don't like that at all. I don't no. like that one bit. Like, how would you... Like, what is the method to test that, then? God. I like, I feel like if, if I rent a hotel now, I want to have some type of device that I could scan the place. Yeah, there's, there's like... I'm gonna EMP the room. It's not so advanced that you couldn't look for it, but... Yeah, there's there's some general techniques and te and some devices that help you find things if you're curious. But without going down that rabbit hole, coming back to it and only you know continuing to exemplify the the fact that this person knew what was going on in the house, they continued to call, continued to text, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I said, for four months, and one day they actually described what Courtney was wearing down to the shoes, down to the detail that day. So at, I'm convinced now that there's a camera. Somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we all think about our phones now. We think about there's a front-facing camera. Like, we're basically carrying around spy detection or spy equipment on us at all times. But this is 07. This is the year that the first iPhone came out. So, I mean, phones still have cameras. Don't get me wrong. But they aren't... We got to remember, they weren't nearly as advanced yeah. with as much capability. The iPhone we was were on getting a whole there. different level. Mm-hmm. We were, we were certainly getting there. I remember my LG chocolate. <laughs> my faux touchscreen kind of like... I had a razor like, flip phone. Yeah. No, I didn't have the chocolate. I had the Samsung something or other. Whatever. Anyway. Just to jump in, the only detail I could find on the security system was that they had a, uh, a keypad for the front door. I couldn't okay. find anything about cameras. So that's the, the key code combo that the guys yeah. at the restricted college talking about. Exactly. The family was thinking, okay, maybe they are looking at us through our camera phones or phone <laughs> camera, whatever. They covered them up. That didn't change anything. They were still apparently able to give details that only somebody who had visibility into the home would have, which then continues to say, Courtney, uh, what you doing? Courtney, do you got somebody on the I'm outside? Saying. Are you feeding this stuff out? I was Courtney. I put myself in a, a damn room with just and just binge watch friends or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Get through, get just through Frazier. Get yeah. in there. And <laughs> yeah. Just just go through, you know what I mean? Run the Lord of the Rings how many times? Director's cut. Spend yourself exactly. a long day. Anything that help prove yourself like as, right. as an innocent. Because I'm at this point you you're a victim, right? Yeah. You don't you don't want to be also treated as the the I'm I'm guessing restricted here. knew what they were wearing before they even stepped out. I imagine so. I imagine that's why it's probably yeah. noteworthy for sure. Now, with your gut check going on, and I almost feel like we need a, a pin with a check mark just for the gut check. It's like a stomach with a check mark. But on a serious note, with, with your gut check in play here and everything that we've talked about so far and how this continues to spiral downward in a way that it gets more specific, more eerie, where do you think, because it does go one step further at least, where do you think that this could possibly go from here, if you had to guess? <sighs> I mean, you the way that they're being attacked is definitely threatening mm -hmm. and invasive. But I feel like at that at this point, if it is a person, then it seems like they're very hell bent on going after them and making them hurt. I mean, like finances mm -hmm. starting to mess with like um, finances or records or or any type of like information like the social security type stuff like any of that i think it's annoying. a really that yeah. was just like okay all right well i've annoyed you and you're like definitely on like unsettled but like now it's time to really hurt you right take it from psychological to like all right now yeah. something's actually happening yeah that's a very interesting angle to go from oh, um sucks. the only reason i feel like that didn't happen is either a a capability of whoever this person really is or b that it becomes i don't know if it already isn't a federal crime right now but that would certainly take it to yeah. a federal level but what ends up happening not to downplay that because again that is that makes so much sense what you were saying what ends up happening to the Kirkendalls is that they started claiming to hear strange noises outside of their home that eventually turned into banging on the walls. And I imagine it's not their interior walls. I imagine it's their exterior yeah, walls that someone's the outside exterior. the house banging away. What the? F and that's where I start going, man, get those cameras going if you can. I know they're pricey. I get the cameras going. Like, I'd have like a private investigator. Yes. Someone I, needs to I, stake your place out. I would pay the family across the street like a good chunk of money to be like, hey, can you just leave this camcorder running, like peeking through the blinds on the second floor man. or something like that? Like. Mwah. 
I'm so happy you brought up the family across the street because they are about to get into the mix. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, Ooh. dude. So, in addition to the banging on the walls and whatnot, I do want to say that they also heard yelling and screaming outside their house. And I don't know if that was corroborated. I don't want to. I don't want to make up facts here, but was that corroborated, Christian, with other families in the neighborhood, the screaming and yelling? Because obviously the banging is located specifically to that home. But if there's yelling and screaming, I imagine neighbors might have also heard that. I don't think it was corroborated from what we could find. That's that's a good note to remember. So now that things are happening outside the house, the banging, the screaming, etc., we eventually find out that these calls no longer stayed at this residence. I mean, they were at the residence, but they then spread to other people beyond the Kirkendalls in Fircrest, Washington. So other families were now experiencing what the Kirkendalls were. Jesus. Heather's sister, Darcy Price, and her family were one of the other families that were being contacted by Restricted. But then, Courtney's friends were also being terrorized by Restricted. In particular, Taylor McKay and her family, who lived across the street from the Kirkendalls. There you go. So now the other family is looped into this directly themselves. So, I mean, you there's got to be some sort of relief there. Not that, like, I don't know. If this was me, I'd be like, okay, so this person isn't just pissed off at my household specifically. They're mm -hmm. just going after anybody just so happened to be that I'm the one that caught that bullet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then also, I mean, like I said, unfortunate that more people are catching like all of all of this, like, oof. Yeah, the violent calls. Violence the and, and trauma, but it brings more attention to it. You have more people like going to the police about it. All of this is like, it's just like unfortunate, like how helpless they must feel. Right. I think you're right, because on one hand, it does soften the fear just a little bit, not all the way, but like by the fact that you say, okay, it's not just us, there's not something you can do specifically to make amends with this person, whoever this is, whatever their motive is, it's not just you, there are other families involved, but yeah. I do also think that that almost makes it scarier in a way as well, because the violent messages, the the observations were still happening, right? Andrea McKay, the mother of, of the friend across the street, was cutting limes, for example, in her home when she received a text message that said, I prefer lemons. So again, we have Jeez. this very uncanny ability to know the inner workings of these households. And, uh, well, okay, hold on. So then how is it Courtney then? Oh, that's a good point. Like, right? I mean, they're friends. Maybe, maybe she was hanging out that day and we just don't know. Oh, you Jesus. Know? I mean, like at that point, it starts becoming a real big stretch, though. Do you think Courtney's got binoculars out her window? She's like, what's <laughs> yeah. happening in there? Oh, my what God. What you cutting, Andrea? It was the telescope that her dad got I like lemons. <laughs> Staring out her window going, I like lemons. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. Hey, everybody. Trevor here. As always, you know me the one who talks between the, the, the gaps in the mystery right to your eardrums uh, with some housekeeping stuff about Red Web and everything like that. Uh, this one's a really interesting one, the restricted caller one. Uh, I, I might be sounding different, by the way. I am recording this from the comfort of my own home. Uh, that means a whole number of things. I could be sitting upside down, uh, completely unprofessional. I could be pantsless. I feel like that's common in the work-at-home environment. I could be sipping a Mai Tai right now. I could be doing all sorts of things, but I'm not doing any of those because I am a professional. But I do want to jump into some of our fantastic sponsors for this episode. So tune in your ears, stretch them wide open, and listen close. Because this episode of Red Web is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Do you want another new podcast to look forward to every single week? One that's entertaining and informative at the same time? Well, then we recommend you check out this week's sponsor, The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds and experiences of fascinating people from former FBI agents to scientists to mobsters to hostage negotiators. This man is brave. I wouldn't really be talking to mobsters because I don't want to get into whatever business that they do. But Jordan is the brave one and he is diving in their head first. He gets them to share thought-provoking insights and never before heard stories. So it's super interesting. Task Force, you should check out Jordan's recent interview with CoffeeZilla, who exposes scammer gurus 
Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. So that's why it was named one of Apple's best podcasts in 2018. You can't go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting, and there's never a dull show. So search the Jordan Harbinger show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. Who doesn't get bored eating the same dinner over and over again, but coming up with Something new, running to the store, frantically finding all the ingredients. It's exhausting. I hate it. I don't want to like to deal with the crowded grocery stores personally, but that is what is great about HelloFresh. They send fresh pre-measured ingredients straight to your door along with mouth-watering seasonal recipes so you can discover new things to try without all the hassle of going out into the world, the crazy world that there is. HelloFresh gives you tons of variety with more than 50 weekly recipes in all kinds of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients. Plus, HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than the grocery store. So that way you can have quality, healthy food and save money all without actually having to go anywhere. It's super convenient. I have been using HelloFresh periodically and uh, it is awesome. It makes me feel like I'm a chef. I get to... uh, cook in the kitchen with my girlfriend. It comes like a bit of a bonding experience and their food is always very tasty. Even when it's on the periphery of my taste choices, I have a very particular palate, you know what it is? But sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this, how's this going to be? And it's always good. I've never been let down by one of their recipes. So I do actually encourage you to try them out. They have so many different recipes and they're always Excellent. So go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb14. That's the number one four. And use code RedWeb14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. That's up to 14 free meals plus free shipping at HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb14 with code RedWeb14. And with that said, let's hang up on this middle section and dive right back in to the mystery at hand. Here's the thing. The fact that it is... Courtney is still the epicenter, right? So we have basically to to distill it. We have Courtney's family, we have Courtney's friend's family, and we have Courtney's aunt. So still kind of involved, but if the observations are happening, it then comes down to was Courtney around at the time in order to, does she have an alibi is basically the point. I mean, at that point, right? It becomes harder and harder depending on Courtney. Right. But there's another angle here too that we'll kind of explore more. Uh, in a little bit as to why Courtney might be the epicenter here. Like, what does the church do at this point to start like exercising the electronics? Like you burn the home down. Yeah. Start over, (laughs) you know, you get, you get a new family name and you run for the Hills. Yeah. No, not enough sage in the world to uh, to cleanse this place. Not if this is what's going down as a priest would be like, how do I attack this? Right. Where do I start? Um, so, yeah, a couple months go by, and ultimately, after the initial reporting, you know, it's been about four months or whatever, all the coverage slowly died off because ultimately there was no real development of this evidence. It just kept being symptomatic with That's no way so to really annoying. chase it down. Yeah. And uh, these these families continued to get these calls, these texts, etc. And the Kirkendalls actually ended up with a phone bill that was around $1,000 in U.S. currency at Holy the time. Holy hell. So... It, it almost is beyond just yeah bugging it, them. It, they're, it almost kind of does attack their finances. Just a little bit. So yeah, you weren't you actually weren't far off. But like yeah, it it's uh it's enough. It's enough to to kind of sting. Just insult or uh what is it? Add salt to the wound. Insult mm-hmm. to injury. Insult yeah. to injury. But ultimately, it is unknown how or if the caller ever stopped terrorizing the family. No arrests were ever made. And there has not been any follow-up with the families involved ever since. And that is where the timeline, the story of the restricted caller comes to a close. What? So it, it just people just went, these families are being harassed. All right, let, let's just go about our lives. Yeah, the police were convinced that it might be Courtney. So and that it was just a cruel prank. So and that stupid. she was refusing to come forward and say, yep, I did it. Me. But yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to do some reading just to see what exactly the police involvement looks like. And every article just talks about them visiting the police, but nothing, Yeah. no, no real crazy details. I'll keep reading. Well, I mean, they were, they were almost encouraged not to, because remember when they went to the police, they then received those conversations, those personal conversations recorded, put back through their voicemails. So they're like, oh, we got a voicemail. I wonder if it's them again. Beep. 
yeah, uh, is this the police? Like you hear yourself talking to the police. It's wild. Yeah, yeah I don't know. This is a this is a stumper. And, and it's just one of those things that I know we did all the research that we could. I know, you know, we're, we're enthusiasts. We're not going to cover every dirty detail. We might miss some things. But that's where we come down to like, man, I, I wish they did maybe have those cameras outside. Or I wish that they did have a PI because I know while those things can be expensive, your life is priceless. Your privacy is priceless. And uh, man, just a spooky situation to be in. Very unsettling. But thankfully, it seems that it ended uh, maybe randomly. But at least they're out the other side now and, and seem to be living their normal lives. God, it's it's like upsetting the way that like ended. Right. We're just like, uh, all right, let's just let them deal with it. Yeah, we're, we are business. back into the thick of the unsolved mysteries that now. That is annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah, there was never a confession. There were no suspects, no persons of interest. There was no arrest made or anything like that. It just trickled away. The last update that I, I can see here is that the call stopped when the FBI was involved. Aha. Ah. So it was that federal boundary that they want to say? Okay, so there I think we go. honestly, I think I could I could say it's a person. Yeah, and and I think ghosts that, don't go. Oh shit! FBI, <laughs> don't <cuff> me. <laughs> Ghost prison. Yeah, as we go into the theories, I think that that is a very important revelation and lens to put the theories through. The fact that this stopped at the federal level, like when when the feds got involved, and it kind of just stopped and the fact that no one came Somebody. through no more evidence i think that that might albeit it's a very wide open lane i think it does kind of nudge our sights in certain directions as far as some of these theories are concerned it, it does for me but also like man like the trauma that you live with beyond that oh man i would never look at a phone the same ever again social media nothing yeah else. oh hell no cell phones pass yeah very eerie so Let's dive into the theories, some more plausible than others, but starting with the obvious one, we have to go with it because this is what the police landed on, is that this whole situation was simply a prank that perhaps might have gone too far. Police at the time were convinced that if it was not Courtney making these calls or sending these texts, that it would have to be some very tech-savvy teenage boy. I put air quotes in the air, like because that's what they said, some tech-savvy teenage boy. They believed that it was just a very clever cyberbully or one of Courtney's friends playing a mean prank. The Kurgendals actually said, to kind of help corroborate this, this theory, that a lot of the things that whoever restricted was, a lot of the things they said were very juvenile in nature, implying that maybe they were putting their youthful voice through a filter to get that low, mm. raspy sound, and the juvenile nature just came from them being kids. To quote one of the Furcrest police officers on the case, they said, quote, At this point, we aren't saying it's someone inside the family, but it's someone that is close enough to them to know this much about them. It seems like it's someone who is tied into the group, a family member, a friend, or an enemy. But uh, ultimately, the family came forward and said, We don't think we have any enemies. We don't have anybody who would have it yeah. out for us. But uh, There'd be I, no reason to lie about that. <laughs> exactly. And so I do think that it, you know, kind of plays into the idea that it, it might be a prank. But obviously it went too far. I mean, lives were being threatened. People felt completely on edge. It spread to other families and it became very, it just really broke the walls of privacy down and put these people into a very psychologically dark place, I, I'm sure. But as we like to end each theory with, uh, there are some wrinkles, right? Because it seems odd that a teenager would spend all day and night monitoring their friend's family. It seems strange that Courtney would feed this information to a friend to then feed back to them. It seems strange that a teenager would want to risk throwing out threats of that nature. But it does click. You know, if it was a prank, as soon as the feds get involved, that is a that is the last time that you would. Yeah. That's when you pull the ripcord. Yeah. If you haven't that's done it by go. then, that's, that's the time. Go. Oh my goodness. All right. Hopefully I didn't. I wasn't too far off the line mm -hmm. was there no way to check courtney's like text message records or anything like that that's the thing is um or is there there might be laws protecting that et i'm cetera. sure you could subpoena them from a cell phone carrier yeah but i imagine they're not showing up as sent on her phone but the problem there is that you could delete them you could send a text like i could text you now and then delete it from my phone but you see it on yours so i go oh my god how'd they get there Right, I didn't send that. You see, it's not there on my phone. Um, mm. So it could be deleted, but Which again, be interesting. there are ways to spoof numbers, as you mentioned earlier, and we will kind of 
dive into that in a upcoming theory here. Oh, you're right. I forgot about the spoofing. You just spoof the number and send it anyways. Mm-hmm. Oh. There was a question earlier about whether the calls had all occurred at the same time or independently of each other. There was an incident where after Courtney and her family called the police to, to report this, in the middle of explaining their situation to an officer, supposedly all of their phones turned on and called each other. What? So the police would have been a witness to that then? I don't, I don't, I can't glean from the article whether this right. was in person or they were on the phone with the police and so gotcha. it happened within the home while they were on the phone. Hmm. But that is one of the other incidents that supposedly happened. Yeah, that's spooky. I don't. I don't even have enough adjectives to describe yeah. how unsettling that yeah, is. I no, hate that. No, that that goes back to the spooky <laughs> realm. Come on, like I still. Granted, that does add and tip some weight towards the spooky theory, the supernatural aspect yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. But it's got to be a person in my mind still. Sure. You're telling me a teenager has this capability? Right. Come on, if bro. You're, if you're a teenager with this capability, <laughs> you're doing hell. something. You're doing way crazier things, right? Yeah. Like not changing the, the world, but the you're the not like down. I'm just gonna goof. You <laughs> yeah. know? Put the pranks put down the pranks and down. Get, head over to MIT, bro. Yeah, finish like, your green beans and get change like, the world. Yeah. Go out there and build a rocket. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna jump to to this theory because Christian, I think what you said might set this one up pretty nicely. Because what keeps coming to mind is we keep going, wow, how are they doing that? But I think we're ignoring the elephant in the room, the question that is obvious, which is, are they actually doing that? Or are these just claims? Is this a story? And that's where the theory that comes forth that some do believe in, and I, I don't disagree with believing this, is that this could just be a hoax. It's, it is speculation, but it could be that this family was looking for their 15 minutes of fame and to add, again, insult to injury, there is historical precedent for people doing this. Not at the time, right? This is 2007. But I believe we referenced this in, a, in an episode at some point. But in, 2000, in 2009, you got the Balloon Boy hoax, right? Very long story short, we got a family whose who's young child apparently went up in the air in a large helium balloon, got lost, was being tracked by television networks, but it turns out the boy spilled the beans in a live interview. He was just up in the attic the whole time. So it was it was a story that was just made up. Whatever their motive was, I don't know. But it seems like it was just attention. So it's not how, out of the realms that this family How the hell are they supposed to? Like, so he just landed back home? Well, that's what they were saying. They're like, oh, we're freaking out. Our son's up there. And where is he going? This is dangerous. And that's why the nation was all about this. Uh, I vaguely remember onto it. a freaking balloon. Come on. I think in it or something. Come I don't. I don't. It. Yeah, in it. it. Yeah somehow oh god yeah Jesus. it's it's hard to believe but then when you wild. find out the truth you're like oh that's why yeah so i mean it's not like, like this hasn't happened you know that's not a surprising theory especially with not like these all. these things that were going how did that technologically happen well perhaps it never did at all right damn mm. hate to say it but they might be hoaxing i mean what the motive is is, is still up in the air remains to be seen but the fact that it's uh yeah because that's just it's all family and friends that's you know it's just crazy and it is all just family and friends and even the people across the street was family uh they were they were the they're, friends they're the yeah. friends the where was the family the then? family was just somewhere else but still in that town very close okay yeah still that was the, the 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 aunt okay hmm <laughs> well you ruminate but we can dive in the next theory the, it's another uh, yeah. obvious one which yeah. is that it's straight up courtney Many people still believe that the restricted calls were still coming from Courtney ah, or that she damn was, it, Courtney. Yeah, I'm telling it, <laughs> Courtney, come on. Or that she was at least involved in making them happen, right? That she was maybe feeding information to someone. Being this genius boy, apparently, from the cops' <laughs> right. perspective. Courtney, you're dating this like this new baby Einstein. You gotta get out there and this like change the baby world. Einstein. <laughs> okay, teen Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> But Great, don't date a baby. Don't please. No one date a baby. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, but maybe Courtney was simply playing a cruel prank and wanted some form of attention. Um, you know, I don't know about her psychological profile at the time, and I won't attempt to assume anything about her her condition at the time. But uh, if it was Courtney doing this, it would ultimately be unclear as to why she would go this far to make her own friends and family fear for their lives. And if her family was playing along also, with her, it seems strange that they would do so. Like, why push it to the extremes of, like, some of the things 
that have been said, shooting up schools, right? Some other things equally as bad or arguably worse. Like, why take it that far? But I'm not even gonna that's try a, to. That's a great question. Like, I don't know. You you can never young, know. You young know, and stupid probably. You can never know, and and that is what remains the wrinkle for this uh, particular theory. Bro, this could just be all a hoax. It could be, and it also could be a hoax by Courtney, um, or you know, someone. I don't know, but. At the end of the day, the family is insisting on Courtney's innocence, especially when you hearken back to the idea that, you know, her phone was taken for investigation. And even during that time, the calls were still being made by restricted. The texts were still coming through. And so does that recuse her from blame or guilt or anything? I don't know. I don't know if it fully does because of what we'll talk about here in this next theory. But it is interesting. I mean, I don't expect us to know this information at all, but... It'd be interesting to know if the phone was taken away, if Courtney still had access to a computer, and if not, at that point, when there was a follow-up call with information in detail, you know, of privacy, like, how fast afterwards, mm -hmm. right? Because if you took that stuff away from Courtney, and then, like, 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, this happened. It's like... How the hell is Courtney going to get information to some boy 10 minutes later? Right. You know, or like immediately for a ten, for like a 10 minute turnaround time. Like that, It all like goes what? back to that isolation. Yeah. Take like, Courtney to the park. Take her on a run. Yeah. Our calls coming through. Yeah. Our information. Our limes being mm -hmm. seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop looking at my damn limes. <laughs> Where's the citrus at? It's uh, it's a great point. I thought like you could um, just like they should, so many things should have been tested with Courtney. Right. Right. Compels me. This Courtney character. Mm. But let's talk about, I think, the theory that might have the most weight, or at least has the most to talk about. And that is that there was a hacker involved. That someone with regards to Courtney's phone was able to operate it remotely because they hacked into it. Or as we've talked about in previous episodes, in the case of a phone, hacking a phone would be called freaking. P-H- Like freak That's with right. R, but with P-H. They have groups, they get together, and they yeah. freak. Yeah. So somebody could be freaking her phone, which is a, it's a very weird, weird. sentence it's to say, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'll move past it. Police and some phone companies didn't think that this level of freaking at the time was possible, but there are other people out there. And I would I would wager that some people in the freak community would be able to kind of attest to this. But some argue that it was possible at that time. Sprint spokesperson Matt Sullivan said, quote, We are unaware of any technology that would allow the activity that's being reported here. We are partnering with law enforcement to investigate. We're not exactly sure what is being done to these phones, end quote. And then we have uh, someone for this, from the surveillance community, James Atkinson, who is a specialist, claims that it was possible and told ABC News the following quotes, quote, you can take the photographs remotely, you can track the person's position, you can figure out where the phone is, end quote. But then they also had this to say, most cops have no idea how this is done. So basically saying, it's possible, but your layman wouldn't know. Your, your regular Joe just yeah. wouldn't know about it. And of course they wouldn't, because this would, at the time, be bleeding edge technology. Yep. Also very uh, criminal centric, because what other what other goals would what you have? What uses would you There's have There's not a lot this. of white hack needs nope. at this point in time. No outside of the iPhone coming out and finding vulnerabilities to protect people. Another option here is that someone could have hacked into the company's website or exploited a weakness in the phone that Courtney had using the code that was written by someone who was experienced in writing the code for phones or just that someone that knew a back way in or maybe an employee of the company, of the, of the cell company. I don't know. But that's where the idea of phone number spoofing comes in. Now... That's extremely common nowadays. I'm sure, you know, listeners at home probably get spoof phone calls all the time without realizing it. If you've ever gotten a phone call from a number that is like one digit different than yours, very likely it's a spoof number from a click farm or a phone farm anywhere in the world. You can spoof a number, especially when you have VOIPs like Google Voice. You can get a phone number for any city and call from that number as if it's yours from your phone, yeah. which has a phone number. I mean... Uh, the possibilities now are endless, but it is totally possible that back then in 2007 that somebody could have could have done it because there are many websites at that time that gave you the ability to 
text phones like they were drafting up an email. So you could type up on your computer a text message and then you could send it. You could also, as bad as a security flaw this is, you could fill in the to and from fields oh, God. with whatever you wanted. So Jesus. if somebody knew Courtney's number, they could just say that this came from Courtney's number and then they could send it to whoever, right? And so let's just say maybe they had access to Courtney's contact info. They just used her number as the from and then sent it out to everybody in her contacts. And there you have it. Easily spoofed, easily done. Yeah, I... I Again, I'm going to harp on it one more time. I don't think this was like a supernatural thing. I think this oh, is yeah. someone that was very, very well versed in like hacking. Mm -hmm. I think it's somewhere between the realms of a hoax and a hack. I think there's could, elements. Yeah, could, yeah, so, yeah, there's elements of both. Turning on the phone stuff. like mm -hmm. Now that's where it could come back to be that they were looking for attention. Again, it could be that yeah. those pieces of information were uh, why get why get why get crazy with that though? You I know don't know. What I mean? Like I guess like you want a book deal or a movie deal? Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not. To say, we have like, the Watcher House. You we've... make it that wild. You make it that crazy, mm -hmm. and it's that more appealing. Yeah, I mean, as always, Ugh. I love to stitch together all the various theories. I mean, this could be a hoax and prank combo via Courtney or via Courtney's friend using some of the tech that we're talking about here in this hacker section. So I think all of these theories are completely viable um, at the end of the day. But I guess let's come down to the, the wrinkle here with the hacker theory, which is the motive. What is the motive behind this? And some people tried to answer that by saying that the hacker must have been someone who was focusing on Courtney because of her brother-in-law. Again, there's a questionable relationship. We have to imagine that this hacker could be anybody. Right. But... Uh, here's where the theory comes in. They say they focused on Courtney because her brother-in-law worked at a nearby uh, Air Force base. In fact, McCord Air Force Base. And this theory stems from the fact that she once received a text that said, quote, McCord needs us. It's a bit out on a limb, especially if you're trying to establish a motive by one text that is kind of out of the blue. It might be her brother-in-law, but there's a lot of other family members and friends here. So at the end of the day, ultimately, the motive of the hacker if if it was a hacker, is unknown, and well, that's all we yeah. have to say about we'll that. I never know. Like, I oh just, yeah, it's annoying. It's invasive. I think the worst part is that yeah, it could be a hoax. Like mm -hmm. this is we've come we've come across some things where I'm just like, oh man, you know, like just take a look at what people do with like crop fields and stuff like that. But like, yeah, like this one, I'm like fifty fifty on like. I mean, one, actually, I think it is, uh, you know, a person, but like a 50-50 on like someone that is just a random person that chose a random target and the other half being like, he kind of just made this stuff up. Mm-hmm. It's very strange that it does center around Courtney. I think there is something to that. I don't think it has to be sinister, but it's either that, again, I don't know. I honestly don't know which theory I want to most strongly lean into outside of you know there's either in my mind the hoax hack combo or that this was some sort of exaggerated story by the family just to get attention i, d I don't know which way to really lean but it is interesting that it centers on court do you think for the like so your hoax hacks theory would be that like they were actually getting hacked and then they just like really added flavor to it yeah i think that some of the spoofing talk that we we had with the websites being able to send text and maybe being able to remote access the cameras, I think that's given that that is possible from from this uh, surveillance specialist right. here. I think that maybe I should say that combining the hack with the pranking angle seems to make sense. It's almost like it's a bit of a sinister prank, but um, I guess I can make sense of that. But really, I guess the more and more I think about it, it is especially with Balloon Boy's family. It just seems totally possible that for whatever reason. This tight-knit group of family and friends might have had this story. Uh, yeah. And it, it might have started with one mysterious call and just spiraled out. I mean, we've we've talked about the idea of group psychosis together, right? Or, or group group think at least, right? With yeah. with Mothman and people all coming to the same conclusion or all having the same, so for then, lack of a better word, hallucination. So then the aunt and then the family next door, I guess all just decided. Maybe just in on it? Yeah, right? I don't like, know. They had a gathering. 
or they oh, heard yeah. stories enough that they, they also yeah. started to connect dots that weren't there like and there's like hey you know is this really going on there's like nah not really yeah like, but potential for like good chunk of money it's like yeah get a little bit of that attention i uh, you never know you, you never, never you, know you what never people know. would do for attention but also just like i'll i'll you know i'll lean towards the fact that they were just you know actually being bullied and yeah and their privacy was being um oof just completely disregarded yeah across the side i'm so 50 50 because it's it's hard to to imagine a family who would perpetuate a four month long story of being essentially bullied that long and that yeah. deeply that's that's pretty dark but it also is just as dark for someone to actually go and do that though there are people out there that would so it's it's i'm very split on that I know. That's where I lie. How do you feel? Because you'd have to have someone with such size, like precise, like knowledge, yeah, and access, yeah, to be able to pull this stuff off, right? Like, where where's the origin of this access? You know, like, was it somebody did did Courtney buy a phone or take it in to be repaired? And somebody at let's just say Singular Wireless is out there since they don't exist anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, did they, did somebody put some firmware on her phone? Like, who knows? Who knows? But. A very spooky case nonetheless. We got the restricted caller. That's a that's a closed case on that yeah. one. Still at large, this person or whatever. It's just unsolved. Yeah. Got away with it. Got scared by the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly getting involved. I'll also say it's it's hard to confirm how much of the, the statements that have been made about this are true. For example, the FBI getting involved hasn't actually been confirmed. The, oh. And then the incident I mentioned earlier about the phones turning on and calling each other, there was no public statement affirming or denying that. Gotcha. So it's hard to tell, yeah, how much of this is actual factual truth and how much has been extrapolated as right. the story's grown. Really, to, to make a more fantastic story yeah, out exactly. of the core then of this. Then the phone levitated. Oh. <laughs> right. No, I mean, there's, that's, there's absolutely stories about that. That started as, okay, something eerie happened in my home, but then suddenly... And I'm speaking about an actual case. Suddenly there are stories about children being possessed and walking up and down walls in the home and in hospitals. This all happened in Gary, Indiana, while I was going to school. Oh. Yeah. Wild stuff. I need to look back into that and see what happened. I think that might have been the demon house that uh, Zach Bagans bought and then hence destroyed oh. <laughs> after making a documentary about it. But um, um Yeah, this is this is um an interesting one in the, in the sense of like, I don't know if I quite believe it. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. there's a, there's a handful of them are like, oh, that's creepy or oh, that's that's weird. And it's probably this or that or maybe even this Um, here. I'm just like, ah, this might just all be made up. There's very few that we come across. I go, oh, that could be made up. Yeah. Well, there there is evidence of the text conversations and voicemail conversations Aside from the cryptids. <laughs> not saying, not saying I believe in those. <laughs> the text and voicemail conversations and the police did get involved and did investigate but yeah I suppose it you can't uh you, you can't definitively say whether uh like the, what am I trying to say so the conversations stuff, happened stuff actually the conversations happened, happened. Okay. no yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah some stuff also yeah. happened we, we but are like, pretty sure didn't happen like we're already <laughs> getting at go. some so like it's that balance that's what's really got yeah. me on the teeter-totter here but um but yeah, that's the restricted caller. A very, to me, as obviously dark case for the families impacted, but a very fascinating one from the lens of a forensics interested person, whatever that yeah. is. <laughs> forensics enthusiast. There's the word. Yeah. Uh, my 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 thesaurus is closed today, folks. But yeah, another another unsettling one for the uh, lovely month of October. The weather is changing. I love October. Oh, it's yeah? my favorite month for sure. I don't think I have a favorite month. I love the weather. I love the leaves turning. I love Halloween. And I love even more so that it kicks off the holiday season. Plenty of time off school. Plenty of time off work. Love it all. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you start getting into November and December and you mm -hmm. go, all right, I got some breaks coming along. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the welcome mat for the, for the, yeah, for the good good. You I know? can see that. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, this went from being like, oh, man, some kind of supernatural being getting all tech savvy to like oh this is just annoying and oh yeah no in the sense of like imagine having to deal with that oh yeah, yeah you yeah. feel i would feel so helpless and just so frustrated mm -hmm. i mean i guess like nowadays right it wouldn't be messing with 
I would be vlogging like crazy. I'd be documenting everything. Oh, everything. Everything would be recorded. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. You know it's going to be on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, hit that t- we'll hit that platform. But, I mean, like, God, if it was the, unfortunately, happened to us, like, our phones, maybe even, like, our live streams, if that spread, spread over to our content, like, it just, mm-hmm. all of it would just suck. Seven days. Well, now this has really got me interested in the the Facebook email topic that we once talked about. I don't, again, that's the only reason we haven't covered it so far is because I don't even know if it has as much information as this one. I'll talk to you oh, more off, oh, off, the, oh, off I, the episode. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, secrets. Secrets. Secret um, teases. I, I just don't want to, here's the thing. I don't want to promise an episode that doesn't come. I don't like to do that. If I'm going to tease it, I want to know it's coming. That's true. So this one is a possible. It's impossible, no but it's got me. Ooh, this one's got my my appetite wet. W h e t, wet that appetite. <laughs> wet. <laughs> hey, and before we go, I just want to you know slide this little factoid in here. You know, we really love how engaged you guys are in the task force with this show. You guys leave comments, you review us on Apple Podcasts, you you share us everywhere, and we are very very grateful for that. And if you want to continue to be engaged with this show, we have a little survey for you about your listening habits and how you enjoy this show and everything like that. So if that is something that you're interested in, you can go to bit.ly slash survey, and we would really appreciate it if you checked it out. All right. Well, thank you all for joining and listening. Fredo, I will see you back here on another Monday for another mystery. Yes, you will. Take care, my friend. Goodbye, everybody. Hello? It's me, the restricted guy. Hello?